Looking for an adhesive that checks all the boxes when it comes to bonding wood floors? Sika Bond adhesives are the products you're looking for. Excellent flexibility, incredible green grab, limitless plank size installations, and unlimited moisture limitations, Sika Bond adhesives have you covered. Check out SikaBond.com, that's S-I-K-A-B-O-N-D.com for more information today. Introducing Absco Grand Next Gen Wood Floor Finish with new innovative resins that deliver the beautiful appearance and durability of an oil finish with ease of application. Absco Grand Next Gen is VOC compliant nationally and provides enhanced leveling, increased scuff resistance, excellent build coverage, and low odor. Absco Grand Next Gen, the next generation of oil modified urethane for all hardwoods. You're listening to The Real Answers Podcast with Michael Martin at NWFA headquarters in St. Louis and Chris Zizza out in Boston. How is the weather out there, Chris? Well, Chris Zizza in Boston is hanging out in a snowstorm in Vermont today. So um, the weather's pretty cold, not going to lie. I don't think it's Texas cold right now, though, Um, but it's cold. Things are good. I can't complain, but things are crazy which is, I think, what we're going to talk about today. But I don't know where you're at, Michael. What do you got going on? Where are we with COVID? Where are we with PPP? And then we'll get to our hot topic of how do we stop our clients from being crazy? All right. Well, good news came out this morning on the the COVID front. The Wall Street Journal reported that herd, not mentality. I want to keep saying herd mentality, but that's not it. It's Herd, herd immunity. Brother. Herd immunity is expected to be here by April, so that's uh, sooner than what they had projected earlier. So I think that's really great news. Obviously, we want to get everybody wants to get through COVID. I think we're going to talk about that. that. We're kind of all at that burnout stage, and it's really hard to even uh, to even know some days when you have a huge snowstorm and you're already locked in the house, like you can't go outside. What do you do? You know, it's uh, the stir crazy is starting to sit in. I think with this winter weather as well with the. Uh, with the COVID restrictions. So yeah, I think um, things are kind of crazy out there. What do you think? Well, it's not what I think, man. It's what I know. I know that it's crazy out there. Uh, and in addition to that, it's also not just me. I'm not the only person experiencing, I don't know if it's, if I want to call it client fatigue or customer fatigue. Uh, I've talked to guys all over the country that are in flooring or just in construction. Uh, I know a couple of millwork guys that I had a great conversation with today. And the expectation from our clientele has, it's just gone off the charts. Even in the high end, I used to say, well, you're going to get some of that. You know, when, when you're in the high end, you're going to have some increased demand. But I, I think that the crazy meter and the demand meter has literally gone off the charts. The what do they say? The the thermometer blew up. I don't know what to do about it. I'm trying to be calm, but it, it's not always easy. And here's what I mean to put it. Let's reel it back in a little here and talk about how you know has the customer lost it, or or have my employees lost it, and have I lost it? It seems that everybody is short on patience. And Michael, I called you about this the other day, and, and you had an interesting comment. Well, after um, I yelled at you for calling yeah, me. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> um, no, but like you, you know, I, I gave it no thought and I gave it no respect that people have a lot of pent up aggression or more accurately, I think it's called anxiety, 
Would you agree with that? Anxiety, exhaustion. I just think that right now there's a lot of people that um, are still responding like they've been through some sort of trauma, which I think is true. We're well past a year mark now with COVID. Um, And even if you even if you don't think you're going to get it, you also know a lot of us know someone who has who has died now or a relative of someone or um, you just you, you still don't know, even it even if you're on that on that far spectrum of thinking that, you know, there's no way COVID's going to hurt me. Um, just living with the fact that it's out there this long has really, I think, just changed everything for a while. And I'm sure it's going to get, you know, we'll gradually get better as things go. We get through the vaccine and we do reach the the herd level and that kind of thing. But I think for right now, you know, I think especially in our supply chain too, it's not, it's not just the contractors who are dealing with the customers. It's also the distributors who can't get product and it's the manufacturers who can't get raw materials. And we're going to face that for a while. And, you know, the good news is there's market and there's demand, but that also creates another whole level of frustration when you can't meet the customer's needs in any way, shape or form, because you can't get what you need to do the job. Right. So let's back up there. The good news, because this is a good news channel. So the good news is there there is market, there is demand. So now as, you know, for you guys that are out there listening, now's the time when you need to regroup and figure yourself out and, you know, stay calm. Uh, Michael sent me uh, an email that talked about breathing exercises. So, so many of you can try that deep breaths and what have you. Uh, yeah, it's really life, easy. It's a, it's called a, it's called a, uh, what do they call it? Box breathing. So, you know, they're four, breathing, they're, yes. they're, they're four sides to a box. So, you know, each, there are four steps. First you exhale, then you inhale, then you hold it, then you exhale. So you go around the square and hold it for two counts and you should be better. I mean, we, I read this because it was a Navy SEAL talking about using this trick. When he would get angry, he would step back and do this trick. And so, um, you know, it sounds silly and, and dumb, but I tried it the other day in a, in a meeting and it, it, it kept me from saying what I wanted to. Yeah. So that's the interesting thing there. You know, we're not talking about you're in your car having a panic attack and you don't know how you're going to deal with it. What we're really talking about is taking a step back and I don't want to, you know, take a deep breath. Fine. But what, but what we're really talking about is staying calm, not saying what you want to say, because the reality is we're still in a service business. And it seems sometimes that the service and the respect from a client, the mutual respect between the service provider and the client, it does seem to have gone the wayside. And I think we need to be patient realizing that our customers, they're still working. They're still letting us in their house. And for that, I'm grateful. So I'm going to take another step towards trying to stay calm while the demands keep getting crazier. So maybe what we need to do, whereas eh, let's just say a few years ago, we didn't have to work so hard at meeting our clients' expectations. And what I mean by meeting their expectations I mean, what's going to happen next? What's the process? What time are you going to show up tomorrow? Are we staining? When will we be done? When can I walk on it? Used to be the client just booted. More and more, they're staying in the house. So the communication needs to increase. So that's the first thing I'm going to suggest today that you guys want to check on your outfit. How are you communicating the process to your customer? 
because now more than ever, customers are around more because they're not going to work or they're not going out, um, but they want to fix their house. So I think communication needs to be increased. And you can do that with a document, you know, what to expect when you're doing your floors. We talked about that early on in COVID. Um, but you're going to have to put the tools out there. If you want your customers to stay calm, let's give them the mechanism to stay calm. Let's answer their questions before they ask them. I was just and thinking, then, yeah. I was just thinking about a, I was thinking about a panel we did a few years ago. You were on it, um, where we talked about the value of the experience. Um, and we talked about what it's like to provide, um, a homeowner with an experience versus just an installation of a floor. Like I think Absolutely. now is a perfect time to look at that and say, okay, what are they going through today? Doesn't matter. I'm still going to give them the best experience possible. And how do I do that? And I think right now, you know, we have to over communicate. First of all, you know, you have a lot of people going to your website before they ever find you. They're looking for safety, security, that we're going to let somebody in our home and let them, you know, are you following? What policies are you following? So maybe when people get to your website, you need to have a little bit of an informational piece there that says, here's our COVID policy. Here's what we do when we come in your house. Here's what this looks like to know that you're a business that actually does those things. And then maybe it's a daily update as far as here's what you're going to expect tomorrow. Here's what we're going to be doing. You know, so when you leave the job, you tell them what to expect if they're there. If they're not, then the next morning, tell them this is what we're going to do today. Um, but I think the over communication is important because just people are on edge and they need to be um, they need to feel valued, number one, as a customer and number two, safe. Correct. The other thing, um, I don't know if all of you out there always did this, but we didn't always do it, but we do it more and more now. When I do a quote, I now automatically add a little note under the material that they're buying and I put the lead time. If it's in stock, I actually write this item is currently in stock. And if it's not, and if the lead time is one to two weeks, I put two to three. If it's two to three, I'm putting three to four because the supply chain is messed up out there, guys, right. and delays are real. So let's set the delay expectation out of the gate. If they were trying to decide between two different floors and one is in stock and one has a two to three lead time, well, maybe they'll pick the one that's in stock and you get a deposit check quicker and, and you get and you keep the, you know, the gravy train going and, and all the wheels in motion. So. That's the second thing I'm going to tell you to do, which is start adding what the expectations for the supply chain are. You know, what's the lead time on your material and what's the lead time on your schedule? You could start putting that on your quotes as well. Um, get used to talking about that right now because it's a popular question. When can you get here? What are you going to do? How's it going to be? Um, this, you know, the, today's podcast isn't about bitching about my customers. It's about noticing that the demand for more information has increased. Does that make sense, Mike? Absolutely. And it's just, it, it's, I think it's all in the approach too. So let's, let's take a couple of examples. So let's say I read this the other day and it kind of stuck with me. So um, it was the story about, about, about how COVID is affecting people and especially the customer experience. And it said, you know, imagine that you had a restaurant who right now during COVID and during, if your city is in lockdown or it's, you know, at 25% capacity now, and you get something in the mail that says, Hey, come out for a night on the town, you know, come, come to our restaurant and have a great time. That, that had a really bad backlash from the community. Um, 
but then a restaurant who did the did the socially responsible thing and marketed their social awareness, um, communicating ways that they're maintaining service during COVID, saying, you know, social distancing is, ha- is happening in our restaurant. We're actually offering discounts on food delivery so that you can stay safe in your home, offering gift cards to get delivery, um, you know, and adding some things like games for the family, things that, re- again, reunite, you know, the thought that we're here to help keep you safe and that we're all in this together. Those messages seem to be having a really impactful impactful meaning. So, you know, marketing flooring versus the experience may, may not be the right way for a little while. Um, making people feel safe again, I think is uh, really top, top of mind. I agree. Um, you know, Michael, whether it's a restaurant, we're talking about a wood flooring company, everything's just different right now. And if we're going to be successful, you got to figure out how to combat that in the best way you can. We have a customer right now, and I'm struggling with it because part one, we get a call for a 7,000-foot supply and install. I mean, it's a monster big house. It's a great job. The quote's somewhere in the $170,000 range. And the relationship is going really well. We're on our third round of samples and we finally worked out that he doesn't want European lives on, but he does want rift and quartered domestic oak. And he doesn't want pre-finished because he wants it sanded smooth. So now all of a sudden we've got the wood we're going to do. And now we're working on the panels and the colors. And he said, hey, we're also going to be selling our the house we live in now. So can you come by and just sand Give us a quote to sand the kitchen and the family room. We want that to look nice and fresh along with the rest of the house. So I went by, measured it up. It's 600 feet. It's another big house that they live in now. And they're going to sell it. So all we needed to do was sand it down, stain it Jacobean, put three coats, and the house goes on the market. Well, up until now, I've only been dealing with the husband. um, And now I'm dealing with both of them in the house. And... She says, look, the color needs to be exact. And I said, well, in the flooring world, nothing's exact. There's never an exact match. So I'm sure we can get to the color. Uh, we know it's Jacobine. We know we're water popping. So we'll do that. And then if it's still a little light, we can we can color bump that with the first coat if need be. And her answer was, no, you'll do samples until it exactly matches And then you can finish the floors. So 27 samples later, we still don't have a match. And I got a text message that said, you've lost two business days and I've lost lost two days in using my kitchen. I'm sure you want this process to finish as much as I do. Why are you having such a hard time getting the color? Well, the truth is the color is pretty damn close. But the word exact, she's hung up on it. Um, So we continue to do samples, and we finally agreed that it is water pop, it is Jacobean, and we are going to stain it. And then if we need to add some color to the base coat, we're going to do it. The frustrating thing is this is where we are every single day. And now I'm trying to decide if this is how it is on the kitchen, do I even want the 7,000-foot job? Of course, the answer is I want the 7,000 foot job, um, but I'm going to have to figure out how to meet my customers' expectations 
and at the same time, keep the whole staff calm while going through this. Because 27 samples, clearly, um, if we've been in business for 30 years, we should know how to do samples by now. So when you're making 27 of them, eh, who's wrong here? <laughs> I'm going to say neither of us are wrong, but I know what I feel. Right. <laughs> you know, because the customer is always right, guys. But how do you get through this? It's very frustrating. And that's what spawned us to say, hey, when we do the next real answers, let's talk about how we stay calm. Let's do some breathing exercises, right? That'll get me through the 27 samples. Um, guys, you're not in it alone out there. Everybody's going through all kinds of, I don't know, different levels of anger, expectation, demand. But in the end, it's this simple. We own a wood flooring company, which is a service business, and we're working in people's houses. And you have to remember, they are the customer, and you need one customer after another customer after another one to stay in business. So let's come up with ways, whether you need to go to your truck and breathe or whether you need to write up some literature to help your customers meet the expectations of supply chain demands, color demands, lighting demands. Guys, let's just stay calm about it and remind ourselves that we're going to be a professional and deliver the product because that's our job. Excellent point. If you don't mind, though, before we wrap up, I know I've I've heard of a few stories. I'm, th I'm sure you have, too, that there are, this is kind of a serious note. Um, but we have heard of some some people who haven't been able to handle the stress who have taken a different way out. Um, and I wanted to share some information on suicide. This is really interesting. We were we had a conversation with the National Association of Home Builders uh, last week regarding um, their approach to mental health and, in particular, suicide. Believe it or not, construction workers are particularly susceptible to mental health issues and suicide. More construction workers die by suicide each day. Imagine this: each day than all workplace-related fatalities combined, with a rate of forty-three point five suicides per hundred thousand workers. That's second only to the mining and oil and gas extraction industry. The ongoing COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated the mental health issues uh, for construction workers because obviously they're working in, you know, you know all the reasons. We've talked about them on this podcast, but it really is real when you um, start looking at the numbers and you, you hear personal stories. So I wanted to mention that if you go to the National Association of Home Builders website, NAHB.org, there's a story on the homepage, and that'll lead you to uh, three resources, a mental health resources for employers, a toolbox for um, talk on self-care during the pandemic, and suicide prevention resources. There's also a video on the NAHB store that you can watch that talks about suicide prevention and how to deal with it within your staff. And then just um, for another note, because we're looking at looking at this alliance as well, that NAHB has joined the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention, which is another resource that you can look at for an effort of raising awareness um, on what's really going on out there and some of the, some of the issues that are very, very real. And after, you know, a year of dealing with something like COVID, again, people are really stretched thin and you never really know how somebody's going through it. One day they're fine, the next day they're not. And it's been a roller coaster for everyone, let alone those that may be struggling with something else. So I wanted to bring that up, give you guys some resources. Um, if there's something out there, you can also watch for our next issue of Harvard Floors Magazine on our, which is our health and safety issue. Uh, we'll be addressing it there as well. No, that's a hundred percent needs to be said. Um, 
I, I don't know how many of you out there have had to deal with it. I know myself, I've had to deal with it. Um, it's funny, one of my builders, uh, one of the site supers, whenever I got him on the phone, he'd always comment on my very upbeat attitude. And one time we were talking about my summer parties called Zizfest out on the lake. And he, and, uh, he would always mess it up calling it Zizafest, and I would correct him. And he would say to me, you know, one of these days I got to get to a Zizafest because um, that's the kind of day I want to have, not the kind of day I'm having. And that's exactly what he said to me. And I kept telling him, look, I'll always tell you when we're having him, and I'd love to have you as a guest. Um, long story short, I regret that uh, it did come to a point where I was calling, trying to figure out what we we're going to do on this next project, and I'm not getting my answers. And I left him a message that said, hey, so-and-so, it's not like you not to get back to me. You always get back to me. What's going on? Give me a buzz. Well, the next call I got was a day later from his superiors, and that's exactly what happened. He took his life. So this guy was a consummate professional as a site super and they are a very high-end builder and i was always impressed with this individual but i i don't know what he was going through on his own so it's very real what you bring up and i love that you just brought up the website where you can get more information because if you are dealing with something that's beyond your ability to handle it right now then definitely make one of those phone calls you can make one to me for that matter 508-341-9291 because everybody out there needs to be listened to so uh absolutely way to bring that mood down michael i know but, and uh, you know one more one more just you know the thing is though it's easier to if you can you know identify a problem on the front end it's a lot easier to deal with that one person than it is a whole staff who loses somebody um because the problem absolutely. the problem isn't just the you know the suicide the problem is how does your team deal with that and how do you go back to work and and how do you how do you deal with not recognizing it um, oh, you know, we dealt with it with that builder. It's yeah. real. What you're saying is real. No question about it. And I'm not going to make light of it. I'm I'm going to embrace it and say I'm here for anybody that wants to talk. All right. Well, you know what I haven't gotten is I haven't gotten, as we talked about on the last podcast, your new cookbook. Um, you keep telling me it's in the mail. But uh, I mean, I guess the USPS has some problems right now getting deliveries out and the weather's bad. So I'm going to give it hey, another you week. You can blame the post office, but David Merrill got his. <laughs> he had no problem. So uh, it's out there, man. That's right. Ziz's Cookbook, an Italian dad's guide to cooking through love and tradition. Um, it was it was supposed to be just a present for my daughters for Christmas. But so many people kept asking for one that, um, you know, we had to go to a second press and start sending them. And since, Mike, I know you need some help cooking, I figured I'd send you something that, uh, you know, the Italians were good at cooking. So you may as well follow my lead on that one, buddy. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to soon it. Soon enough. Along with your Real Answers Podcast t-shirt, don't forget. Oh, yeah, the Real Answers Podcast t-shirt. That's a great one. You can get those uh, by making a donation to the foundation as well. Absolutely. You make a donation to the NWFA and you will have a Real Answers Podcast t-shirt. No question about it. Get the facts. Hey, guys, real fun up here in Vermont. I'm going to go for a snowshoe and uh, do some deep breathing exercises to stay calm. Everybody, keep it real out there. Back to you, Bert and Mike. All right. Thanks, Ezza. You're listening to the Real Answers Podcast. <laughs>